What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 239th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. And with me on this delightful Sunday morning to record for you guys for Monday is Travis. We can we can wait until the full cohort's been introduced, but am I is Grand Rapids where I live the only place where Team Valor seems to no longer exist anymore? <laughs> Did Team Valor throw in the towel? Are they done? I, I it used to be, as I I guess everywhere that. Mystic was the number one most populous team, then Valor, then Instinct. So you saw a bunch of Mystic gems, and when they weren't Mystic, they were Valor. Now it's a bunch of Mystic gems, and if they're not Mystic, they're actually Instinct. Where did Valor go? You know, when I was at conventions or bigger events, I would always see, I would always see either Mystic or Valor gems, never Instinct, but. And there were always there would always be people going Mystic, or they would go Valor, and eventually, not all the time, the instinct people would speak up. And even even though there was less of them, they always ended up being louder. <laughs> you should introduce uh, you should introduce Will to get to get you know, his his expert opinion oh, on this sure. conversation. Uh, we also have Alolan Will with us today. I have no idea what you're talking about. Is this some new Pokemon thing I've never heard of? Yeah, you're not on a team because you're you're above confrontation or whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'm above confrontation. That's that's so true. That's kind of why I picked Instinct is because I didn't want to get caught up in the Valor v Mystic pretend arguments, and now Valor and. My theory is probably kind of derogatory in that I think there's no, there are, I see so many, I see so fewer, I see so few instinct, or sorry, I see so few Valor gems. I think the reason is that the type of personality that's going to pick Valor is more likely the type of person who is going to really be invested in something and really play it hard and a lot at first and then once they're not interested they'll stop playing i think of my my brother as like that type of person where um he gets very invested in something for like two weeks and then says okay i'm, I'm done with it and moves on whereas and i feel like that personality might be drawn to the characterization of valor within the game i don't know that might be way off base but who knows? Well, to give you the inside scoop, I just fired up the uh, the Pokemon Go, and of the one, two, three, four gyms that you can see from my house, that you can get to from my house, five gyms that you can get to from my house, one is Team Red, <laughs> and the other four are Team Yellow. Really? Interesting. Yes. I'm looking from my bedroom right now at these five gyms. I don't even. Well, I like... think that's a big enough sample size to conclude that no one is on Team Mystic anymore. I don't even look like gyms to me are, are wastes of space on the map when I play Pokemon Go. Like I'm only looking for Pokemon and Pokestops, and nothing else matters to me at that point. I'm trying to see if there's any Pokestops you can hit from my house. Uh, 
National Presbyterian Church and Center is too far away. Uh, let's see. I don't even know what that is. That's weird. Welcome to DC Mapcast. And now I'm giving out too much information about where my house is. Uh, Glover Archibald Park is too far away. Um, I know Fannie Mae, the gym that's there, you can you can get to from my house. But how how let, let's let's break down your living situation. How walkable is DC? Well, I mean, you want to use you want to use public transport transport <laughs> public transport. But you can pretty much walk anywhere in D.C. D.C. is pretty walkable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but between bus and metro, you can go anywhere. Well, how good is our bus system, though? Are we waiting like an hour for a bus? Have you missed one? Uh, no, no, no. It's not winter. So you're fine. <laughs> oh, Also, like, I live a block away from, like, the A number one major bus route in D.C., that would go any place that you'd be interested in going. And so as long like, as you live in Will's apartment, you should no, be fine. On right. the Wisconsin on the Wisconsin Avenue corridor where the even thirty buses run. Wait, 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 wait. You live on the Wisconsin Avenue corridor? Yes, of course you knew that. It's a little ironic, but okay. Well, I don't think that's the definition of irony. It's a little um coincidental. coincidental. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to bring Alanis Morissette into this. I've uh <laughs> I even I even put that on my Twitter like three or four years ago. Ooh. Yeah, I've I've always lived along Wisconsin Avenue. You know, I usually ask you guys what you've been doing for the weekend, and we usually get off topic for ten fifteen minutes, and people love that. And I want to do that now. I love I love our off topic stuff. So I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to ask you with a little sense of urgency, just so uh, we don't go too long. Let me before we do that, let me lay out the episode. Uh, uh, we're going to get off topic just for a second like we did now. We're going to go into Pokemon news, and then we're going to talk about Pokemon Generations after that. Then we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the Sun and Moon demo. Just the demo. Nothing about the... Let me preface that in this episode, we're not going to be talking about leaks. We're not going to be talking about anything that was data mined outside the demo. We're not going to be talking about anything outside of that. Until after the end credits. So if you want to hear our thoughts on the leaks, on the data mining, all that stuff, after the credit theme song plays, we will be back to talk about that. That way, uh, people can enjoy the episode who don't want to be spoiled. They can enjoy the episode, not worry about the the leaks. We're going to talk about that at the end. And uh, we will be talking about the demo. So everything you can do in the demo, we're going to be talking about after the break. Just to lay that out, because I know some people are very cautious or you know, walking around that stuff, and I totally get that. We're less than a month away, so, you know, it's like knowing where your Christmas presents are in the basement, but not going down there because you have some self-control. I don't have that self-control, uh, and uh, if Christmas was maybe a week away, I probably could have uh, handled it, but you can't give me Christmas 30 days early. Uh, before we get to all that, Travis, what's new? You know, I haven't done much this weekend. I am preparing to move i'm moving up to winnipeg in about a month no less than a month gosh and just uh plugging away at that old work visa which is difficult and annoying so i've been doing that i've also been thinking a lot about um you know we have a pretty cool scheme that i won't reveal about the next season of mythical and I've also been thinking about um, 
and I haven't really talked to you about this, but I've also been thinking about something fun we could do on the side as like a in the same way that we did the generate or the generations, the Gen Con special oh, in right, between right. seasons one and two. I was thinking of something fun we could do on the side if it I mean, who knows if it ends up turning out, but I've been thinking a lot about that, too. Yeah, we just uh, we just wrapped up uh, season two of Mythical. There's six episodes total. The first five are on YouTube. The first four are on, are on iTunes. I've just uh, I haven't gotten to the last two yet just because of all the sun and moon news and the demo and all this other stuff just happening. So my apologies for that, but uh, I, I will hopefully get at least one of those episodes up before I leave for DC to visit Will. Yeah, I think uh, season two ended on a bit of a cliffhanger. I don't want to spoil too much, but when we were doing season two... Well, let's, let me back up a second. Season one probably took almost eight or nine months of planning. And it was mostly my fault of not being able to figure out technically how to, the tech wise stuff, how to record it and getting everyone together and planning and stuff. And as we were going through season one uh, and hearing the response of people, we started talking about a season two, which. I said if we were going to do a season two, it would have to be, you know, several months later just because of everything happening in the summer, Gen Con, and people having specific work or not being able to get off. And that's when we just, that's when I decided to maybe switch up the cast to see if we could get, to see if the first time wasn't really like a, a fluke. Like, did we just get lucky with this or, you know, was there a good story here that we were telling? There were a couple complaints that that people didn't enjoy that the story wasn't continuing uh, from season one. And I think maybe if they haven't finished season two or maybe they they missed some little things that were happening because the story is still continuing. I think of it more think of it more like a this might be a bad analogy if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but if you've seen Game of Thrones, you see, uh, like Jon Snow has his own storyline and then the Lannisters have their own storyline and then the dragon girl has her own storyline and so sometimes when you watch Game of Thrones you only get like the dragon girl the dragon girl <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even watch that show and I know her name is Daenerys so maybe some episodes you get nothing but all dragon girl and no Jon Snow and you're like wait where's my Jon Snow uh, dragon girl's okay for like the first three seasons and then she gets really annoying but uh, or sometimes you get nothing but uh, the Ramsey guy who's crazy and stuff. So I think of it a little like that. Um, Dave Ramsey is in Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, now that show, I would wa I would watch the heck out of Dave Ramsey yelling at medieval people in this low fantasy environment to cook their food better <laughs> and and keep their quarters cleaner. I would watch the heck Wait, out of that are you confusing gordon ramsay shoot ah! <laughs> that joke would have been so good i don't even know who dave ramsay is i know who gordon dave ramsay Ra is gordon ramsay is the guy i was thinking of dave ramsay is the is the uh shoot he's like a somehow christian affiliated financial Oh, Ooh. that guy with the radio oh. show. Yeah, Ooh. I know who you're talking about. Uh, you have a good joke and you mix up your Ramsey. <laughs> uh, oh. that's, that's what they used to say back in ancient Egypt as well. Don't worry. 
<laughs> so, anyways, you look you look at a you look at a character like Wendy, and a lot of people liked Wendy and missed Wendy, or even SBJ, which is my character. And they're like, we want to see those character lines progress, and yeah, wait till season three, <laughs> right? Yeah, just just wait. Uh, it'll uh, season three, I think, does a better better tying of of stuff together. And I don't want to spoil too much of that, but we're working on it. Uh, we're in the planning stages. Greg and I have been talking and stuff, so we're getting to that. Uh, and if you haven't uh, if you haven't listened to Mythical, it's in iTunes. Give it a chance. What I would what I would say for somebody who hasn't given it a chance is skip season one right now and listen to the three-part Gen Con special because it's only three episodes and you get some character you get really not that much fighting you get a lot of character development you get a lot of puzzles if you can make it through those three episodes and you enjoyed it then I would listen to season one and then season two and then you'll be all caught up for season three if if you haven't given it a chance I think the Gen Con specials are kind of the best because they were recorded locally uh, because they were, because I spent way too much time cutting and editing them and putting in little flourishes and sound effects and, and doing, doing some audio work there. So give those a chance if you haven't, and, uh, let me know what you think. Uh, and yeah, I went off on a huge tangent, Will. Bring us home. Bring you home to where? It's, it's Marine Corps Marathon Week. That's all I can think of. And the fact that you're showing up on my door in like three days and my house is still a mess. When is oh. the, when is the marathon? Next week, Sunday, one week from today. Woo, good luck. Uh, good luck. It's not about luck anymore. It's about training, diligence, and uh, commitment to finish. Do you get uh, good training, diligent, and commitment to finish doesn't have the same ring to it, but the sentiment's <laughs> the same. Do you get anything if you come in first? Well, I won't be coming in first, so what does that matter with anything? Yes, you probably got a, mm, I almost said a bad word, a lot of money. A lot of money? Wait, I- can I ask how much it costs to sign up for this Marine Corps? Uh, I think it was $150. Okay, all right. You so get I'm... an and, and pizza branded water bottle. What? Isn't, I, the only, I was trying to think of the, something that would be, because I was in D.C. for about a week this summer, and I was trying to think of a thing that I only saw in D.C. that also wasn't like actually a cool thing i was trying to think of something in dc i could make fun of and i thought of and pizza i've never heard of and pizza is it like the ampersand and they have a cool web yeah it's just a and d pizza i ordered from it and it was pretty good and but it never I was came. trying to think of no. it did come <laughs> yeah well where where travis was staying was kind of like it's kind of like a hotel area of the city it, it is downtowny but it's also like a lot of hotels are congregated because it's it's near the yeah. uh, convention center so, I mean, it could be something that's over there that's not over by my house. Could be. I mean, I got a lot. Of, I, I do live technically. Wisconsin Avenue is also known as the pizza corridor of D.C., which has your most options for pizza um, of different kinds of pizza. But I don't know. It's all. How, how do we all feel about Little Caesars? Uh, there is no Little Caesars in D.C. Gosh, cancel no, it. No, I mean, you can get like. You can get pizza that has been certified by the Italian government to be authentic Italian Neapolitan pizza, if that's what your tickles your fancy. You can get New Haven style Nothing says pizza. tasty like government approved. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's that, what do they call it? They, like, it's just certified origin type. Yeah, they certified do for the by wines. Nintendo, whatever. No, like they do for the wines and cheeses. Just because you're ignorant 
doesn't mean you're right. You can get New I mean, Haven been pizza. Working for me. For the entirety of my life. I am well aware. I was actually going to complain about if we were going to start talking about Pokemon Generations, about how you are trained in debate, and that's why you can go on and wear your opponent down and not actually have a point to make. But also, there's Comet Ping Pong, Roasting which been... Travis. <laughs> now I know I has low self-esteem when he comes okay. on the show. I can't, I, can't, I can't let his self-esteem get too high. Um, but we have Comet Ping Pong, which has been featured on the Food Network. Um, that, unfortunately, usually has an hour and a half wait to get in to get pizza from there. Um, but they do have ping pong tables where you can play ping pong while you wait for pizza. Uh, well, nope. Is it worth the wait, though? Is it, wait, let's back, is it worth the wait? Oh, Comet Ping Pong's real good. Oh, dang, I want that I'm now. Gonna, I'm going to say, so if I were to say a... So if I were to punch up that joke I made earlier in in a a, a a panicked haste of oh gosh what pizza chain should I say that's going to be recognizable as a DC thing but not that great not that Ann Pizza was bad what should I have said what is the pizza chain that's sort of like middle of the road but uh, recognizable in DC mm, that I could have made the joke that you get a branded. Uh, water if bottle you, as if you first wanted, prize. Okay, so if you want to do like a deep cut, you could say Armand's because I think they still have a few locations around, even though the one by my house closed. Uh, and that was Chicago style pizza. Pizzeria Angelico is the super deep cut because they've got a few locations around, but that's like real. That's like Mayflower Chinese, where possibly all the Mayflower Chinese restaurants are owned by the same people. Possibly they're all completely independent ones, but just a bunch of Chinese restaurants named Mayflower. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But if you find a Mayflower Chinese, you can be pretty sure their food's going to be pretty good. Thank you for giving me more names of things that I can put in the in my Joke regional DC comedy. Uh, my my tight my tight five for my uh, DC stand up. But I, I also career, want, which is non-existent. I also want to be very clear for Steve that. Um, now, I think we got a couple Are we going to have a. Are we. Steve, can you uh, mute your headphones for a second? Yes. Will, are we going to get an episode in a few weeks where Steve is complaining that the mall in DC is not a shopping mall? Yes. And why would they call it that if it's not the mall? <laughs> yes. He's going to complain about the day where I actually didn't take off work, so he's going to have to spend the day all by himself. And he went to the mall, and there was no Nintendo store there. <laughs> all right, Steve, you can come back. Well, now that I'm back, let's uh, dive into some news here. Uh, first bit of news is the Pokemon Center. Pokemon Center has new birthday distributions for Sun and Moon in Japan. Uh, previously, you were able to get... The evolutions for X, Y, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire that will continue until December thirty first. I'm not sure which ones, but if you're in Japan, you probably know. Uh, but starting on November eighteenth, you'll be able to get Pikachu, Eevee, and Comfey as a birthday distribution in Pokemon Center stores in Japan. You can get one of these three Pokemon when visiting a Pokemon Center during the month of your birthday. You must provide a proof of birthday, such as a passport or insurance card. As Remember that time we found out that President Obama was born in this country because he wanted to go to a Pokemon distribution and had to present his birth certificate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Next bit of news here is Alolan Vulpix to be distributed for Sun and Moon at Pokemon Center Sapporo? Sapporo? Sapporo, like the beer? Sabaros. <laughs> Sabaro, yes. Sabaro that pizza. Fam- that famous DC pizza chain, Sabaro. <laughs> there is one at Union Station, so there you go. From uh, from December 1st through January 1st, you can, uh, Pokemon Center Sapporo will reopen, which will feature Pikachu, Alolan Vulpix, and Poplio. Five other Pokemon Centers will change their logos on that day Sun and Moon are released in Japan on November 18th. The Pokemon Center Sapporo will reopen December 1st. A group of 750 customers will be granted early access on November 30th if they win from if they win tickets from a lottery. Doesn't say what kind of lottery, but the the logos here are cool. So, uh let me butcher some Japanese names here. Funoko, Funoka, fun- Fukuoko logo. Whatever city that is. Uh, we have Torchic, Pikachu, and Rowlet. N- no one's correcting me on these on these names? Well, we're not looking at the same thing you're looking at, so... Well, are you, I expect you to know Japanese cities off the top of your head. Yes, I believe it's Fukuoka. Uh, Negog- Neogia, featuring Chikorito, Pikachu, and Litten. Osaka. 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 Meowth, Pikachu, and Rowlet. Uh, Sapora. Sapporo is Vulpix. Like, like the beer. Sapporo like the beer. All right. Sabaro Pizza featuring... Steve doesn't drink, though. <laughs> featuring Alolan Vulpix, Pikachu, and Poplio. Tohoko. Tohoko. Featuring Victini, Pikachu, and Rowlet. And finally, Tokyo Bay, Chespin, Pikachu, Litten. So those six Pokemon Center change logos. Rowlet's in three of them, I guess. They already know which Pokemon's winning this race. Three Rowlet's, two Littons, one Poplio. More distributions. Shiny Eevee to be distributed at, at Korean League Il Park Mall in Seoul, South Korea from October 22nd to October 23rd. Between 11.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. The Eevee will know... Uh, Swift, Quick Attack, Baby Doll Eyes, and Helping Hand with the ability Runaway for our South Korean listeners. Get your shiny e- Oh, it's a shiny Eevee. I-, I said that, but I just realized what I said. Opening song for Sun and Moon anime series announced. TV Tokyo announced the opening song for the anime series entitled Aloha! Two exclamation marks. It's performed by these two people you've probably never heard of, similar to the current opening song of X, Y, and Z. Uh, there are lyrics for the f- the theme provided. A date for its official debut is yet to be unveiled. The only reason I, I pulled... Can I get those names? Because I may have heard of them. Uh, Rika Masutsumoto and Yuki Onatai. Oh, yeah. Absolute favorites of mine. All right. Go on. <laughs> hey, I listen to a lot of J-pop. The, I'm, the trying, only... <laughs> I'm literally trying to start a J-pop, K-pop, and Vocaloid dance night here in D.C., and you're just laughing at me. You should start a J-pop, K-pop podcast. Well, first, like, no, no Vocaloid allowed. <laughs> no, what's your hate on Hatsune Miku? Come on. At least she had a video <laughs> game. But I, I literally have a venue that will host it, and they're just like, well, just get it together. And I'm like, I can't get it together. Go on. Go on. News. Well, the only reason I pulled this article was because we talked about earlier, a couple episodes, no, maybe more than a couple episodes ago, about how the the style of the anime has changed slightly. Like they changed Ash again, and some people were upset about that. 
but they they recently showed a trailer in Japan for the anime, and so everything was a little more fleshed out because you saw everything in motion. And oh, uh, what what Travis doesn't watch the anime, but Will, what are your thoughts on the style change and what they're doing here? I, I you know I've heard that mentioned, but to me it's barely noticeable. So I'm not going to judge it until it's actually in full episodes and everything. And and I don't mind each. Let's let's be real. Each new location is a new story. Don't go looking for continuity. The ash that you had 18, 19, 20 years ago is not the ash of today. And he won't be the ash of tomorrow. So just accept it's a new story. It's the Alola trials and tribulations. And just go with the flow, dude. Chill. Yeah, I, and I've said it before. Uh, Ash and Pikachu are like Batman and Robin. You can put Batman and Robin in a lot of different stories. Sometimes there's no Robin. Uh, sometimes Robin's a well, kid. That's sometimes because he's older. Robin was murdered by the Joker. Okay, thanks right. for bringing that up again. <laughs> Wait till you see the episode where Pikachu gets murdered by the Joker. But um, <laughs> oh god, that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> um, what would that be called, Travis? <laughs> It's like it has Pikachu to be a variation. Gets... Yeah, it has to be a variation on the killing joke. Come on. I thought the killing joke oh, was sure. um, was Batgirl. Oh, wait, that was the Batgirl. What was the one with where they killed Robin? Dag. Uh, something about uh, no, no, it's uh, uh, because the Red Hood comes after it, or is the I don't know. I don't know enough about Batman. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of DC comics, so. Ew. There's probably like Will Brendel listening to this is probably raging right now that we've ruined his we've ruined possible Batman talk for him. No, <laughs> let me correct you. Will Brendel has already drawn a parody comic of the Joker <laughs> killing Pikachu by the time that we're done talking about this. Because yes. it would be better if it was like Giovanni killing Pikachu, but just sort of with that same theme of the way that the Joker killed Robin. What is the Pokemon equivalent of the Joker? Is it Giovanni? Is it, is, it, so. is it not Team Rocket? Well, but Giovanni is the leader of Team Rocket, right? He is the exemplar of un- unfettered evil, right? He, he, in, and as I was saying how all the seasons tell a different story, Giovanni is always there. He's always the bad guy. That's true. Well, he's supplemented. He, he's the, the er bad guy over all the other bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you, yeah, you're correct there. Uh, next bit of news here is Evolution pre-release tournaments are beginning. A death in the family is where Robin dies. So <laughs> I still think that's a good title for it. Then. Yeah, you don't need you don't need to change you don't need to change the title at all. You just keep it. I saw some people on my Twitter going to pre-releases. I know there were some people talking about it in Slack about their them going to pre-releases. The new set is called Evolutions. It contains 113 cards, 5 secret cards, 12 new Pokemon EX, including 5 Mega Evolutions, uh, 4 new Break Pokemon, as a variety of full art cards. The expansion features an updated card template honoring the original base set. The vast majority of the cards based from the expansion uh, has original artwork and similar attacks. And yeah, we talked about this a little bit. We talked about how... uh, Base set Charizard did 100 damage, had 120 HP. Now they re-released it with 150 HP with 200 damage, but same move. 
What I find hilarious, and I didn't realize until I think it was uh, Kyle who posted it yesterday, a link to an article on Twitter, that there has not been a Pokemon card that caused the burn special condition in three years. And it's like nobody wow. noticed. Everybody's been carrying around their little burn token, but nobody noticed <laughs> that there haven't been any Pokemon that do burn in that long. Um, and I think they're actually changing the uh, the way that you do the burn. Because it used to be you rolled to see for recovery for burn, and then you took damage, and now I believe you take damage, and then you roll for recovery from the burn. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, because poison you couldn't get out of unless you switched or healed. Correct. Whereas sleep, confusion, you always did a roll check. Uh, no, confusion you automatically get out of the next turn. Or was that paralysis? Oh, Paralysis you automatically got out. Ah. Paralysis only was one turn. That was about it for news unless I'm missing something. It's hard to like... I mean, the demo came out, but we'll talk right. about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll talk That's about it. That's not news. <laughs> it was kind of hard to cherry pick stuff this week just because I didn't want to like... I didn't want to talk about something that might have not been official or not because there's a bunch of news let me tell you but a lot of it is data leaked (laughs) wait i've got one more news the uh, mimic you music video that's only in japanese that was on youtube that is news you have to watch that you haven't watched it. it neither one of you have seen it have you i didn't know it was out oh my word you must watch it you will cry (laughs) it is the saddest No, it is so sad. It's basically mimic you singing a song about that it just wants to be accepted in the world and make a lot of friends, and that's why it dresses up as Pikachu. (laughs) All right. That sounds good. I love mimic you, so I'll have to check it out. Find it. All right. Cool. 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 Let's talk about Pokemon Generations. We are on episode eight, the cavern thing. The description says, deep under the sea, Team Aqua's leader is about to achieve his greatest goal. Can one voice of reason turn the tide of destruction? No. All right. So we start. I love how this episode starts. Uh, It starts off uh, looking over the ocean and then the camera pans down into the ocean. Finally, we see some Pokemon because I feel like the last couple episodes are very light on Pokemon, but we see a lot of love discs. We see uh, Huntail, some Huntail love here. We see Clam Pearl. We see Tentacruel, Horsey, uh, Carvana, Relicanth. So that was just good to see, because especially now that we're in Gen 3, I felt like we went through all of Gen 2 without seeing really any Pokemon from Gen 2. I don't know how that was missed, but I feel like I didn't see enough Gen 2 Pokemon during our short time in Gen 2. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Gen 2 doesn't have a lot of Pokemon that it introduced, but you are right that they didn't really show a lot. Uh, We pan down into the caves. We see Archie with three grunts following behind. You know, I've always been one to play the, the blue version. You know, I played Sapphire back in the day. I played 10 hours of Alpha Sapphire. And I always thought Team Aqua was the cooler team. But now really watching this and watching last week's episode, Team Magma really seems to have their stuff together compared to Team Aqua. No, you're misunderstanding. I don't know. No, Team Magma is about science and order and control. All right, I like all those. Team Aqua is about unbridled passion, emotion, 
Archie is just like giggling and laughing like an idiot. And he's like, I I have the power by the power of Grayskull. I have the power. And he's like, <laughs> you know, just so excited and determined. But it's like it's like the smile on his face when he comes across the Kyogre. And it's like insane, unbridled joy where Maxi is about the calculation, you know, calculating and being scientific about approaching it. So it's just it's, the contrast between them. It's the classic Dungeons and Dragons law and chaos dichotomy. Matt Team Magma is lawful evil, and Team Aqua is chaotic evil. The... They're both doing. <laughs> they're both doing bad things. Right, right, right. But one wants to. I guess they both want to change. They both want to fundamentally change the order of the world. So it's not a perfect analogy to the D and D law and chaos dichotomy. But one wants to change the world so that it completely fits an ordered structure and the other wants right. to change the world to specifically destroy a corrupt, a perceived corrupt order. So gen three being my least favorite of the series, I can see why people like gen three. Well, I mean, I can see why people like any generation, but really the episode seven and episode eight really opened a little light to me of why people would like Gen 3 and the aspect of the two villainous teams just because I feel like they are pretty well formed and established as as bad guys with specific goals that what Travis says is right. They both, at the end of the day, kind of have the same end goal, but they're completely different in, in of how they have approached that end goal. Yep. Uh, so Archie and his team discover Kyogre. Kyogre just hanging out in a in a swimming pool down here under the cave, just chilling. Quick note: Archie has a mega stone on his necklace in his. Yeah, well, Ma- Maxi had one his on his glasses. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant to mention that, but can yeah, we I'd... mention how Team Aqua is so much more fit than Team Magma? I was going to say that everyone in Team Aqua <laughs> is swole. Well, they except are, for like, the one super rip. Except for the one really large dude with the shirt too small. Uh, oh, I don't even see him. But um, yeah, he was like well, he's probably swole in his own way, though. I don't remember there being anyone who wasn't like super swole. Oh, he's like sumo swole. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> saw you were talking swole. about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Archie goes on this long rant about, you know, taking over the world. Uh, there's a lot of, like, fast camera pans looking over Kyogre. He pulls out, what do they call this? The primal stone? Uh, isn't it just called the blue orb? Yeah. (laughs) The perfect name. Uh, he pulls out the blue orb, I guess. And I think it's a little weird that we see Archie actually get to Kyogre, but we don't seem, we don't seem... We don't see Maxi get to Groudon. We only see a vision of what could possibly happen, which is fine. I just think it's it's interesting. Like, are they is is the is the what's being conveyed to us that Archie did achieve somewhat of his goal and Team Magma didn't? Or is it just like in the storyline, both of them do? This is going to be I'm going to have a lot of people yelling at me if I don't remember Gen 3's story correctly. As far as I recall, both of them do succeed in waking up their respective legendary, and then it's up to the player to solve that catastrophe. Correct. Maybe RT is just the favorite here of this is what we want well, to do. Well, I mean, it doesn't go well for them either, does it? <laughs> but you're, well, you know. 
it doesn't go well for either part. Both of them, because in the in episode seven, the vision we we see basically the same thing happen. They awaken Groudon, and then they have a bad time when, at least in in Courtney's vision, when they get uh, I don't even know what move that's supposed to be, but certainly isn't precipice blades but they get blasted with a with a mouth cannon yeah like, yeah like he's not, he's not living that and in this one we see archie about to get full-on jaws chomped Boiler. you know what's interesting too is that these are very parallel stories and what's interesting is for maxi's team to be the team of science and order that courtney had a vision which is kind of like psychic and not really scientific but for Archie's team being about emotion and, you know, unbridled, whatever mm. you said, chaos, that uh, his admin went went to the Weather Institute to research what would happen if Kyogre was awakened. And she did it through a scientific method, coming to the same realization of, you know, ultimate destruction, but uh, through kind of like opposing ways to what their teams would represent. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but, That's a nice but you're point. right that yeah. there is this implication that both methods of inquiry, whether learning by intuition or learning by rationality are valid. Well, intuition versus investigation. Yeah. They're both, they're both valid ways of learning, but when used on their own without the other to complement it, they lead to catastrophe. I hadn't really picked up on that theme, but that's kind of cool. What, what is this, uh, this girl's name? No idea. I don't remember anyone in Team Aqua. Super beautiful lady girl. I'll look it up. All right, you look it up. She's quite traditionally beautiful, yes. Uh, She comes running to stop uh, Archie. And so she's the admin of of Team Aqua here. Shelly. Shelly. I guess that's fitting for (laughs) what they represent. You know, fish and stuff. Oh, correction from have shells. Correction from last week. The submarine was indeed a camel erupt. I thought it was a core fish, but on further investigation, the the episode didn't do a good job of showing the giant volcano on the back of the submarine. Uh, yeah, it's pretty unclear, but upon second look, it was a camel erupt. Right. Uh, if you just googled camel erupt submarine, you get a lot of. Like the the sprites that were just ripped right out of the game, and you can like see it's yeah, you can see it not submerged half underwater, and so yeah, correction for that. And what is Archie's submarine? It's a Sharpedo. Yes, I think we all can agree on that. Yeah, which makes more sense. I mean, wait, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Camera ups can't go in water. I don't get why it would be a submarine. Because they're Team Magma, they like ground thing, and they like land. Uh, submarine. They should have uh, a, like a, them to a be a very land great tank. on their thematic design of a submarine. <laughs> because they were represented, their Mega was Mega Camerupt, and Team Aqua's Mega was Mega Sharpedo. That's all it comes to. I guess. I just don't... Maybe I just don't understand why they needed to go down into the water when Groudon is clearly <laughs> they on land. Take, they had to, like, take the plug out of the bottom of the ocean. Yes, exactly. Boy, then what does Team Aqua have to do? They gotta put a plug into the ocean? 
they also have to take the plug out of the bottom of the ocean. Mm. When Kyogre and Groudon were sealed away, they were sealed away in underwater caverns. I know you never got this far in the game. Well, that, that, that's my complaint, is why is Groudon under the water? Why is he not, like, in a volcano or something? I because it would agree. Make, it would make more sense if Team Aqua needed a submarine to go underwater because they're Aqua. And then Team Magman needed a drill. Yeah, or like a giant tank with a drill at the end to like go into a mountain because they're ground. Why make? I, I, know. I, didn't, I, I didn't play Ruby. I played Sapphire and Alpha Sapphire. <laughs> I played Ruby. I agree with you completely, but that's just the way it is. The reason they did this is because they wanted everyone to experience the underwater diving silliness that they wanted Gen Three to have and didn't work out. No one wanted to dive. That was a terrible HM. All right, what was her name? Shelly? Shelly comes running. Shelly has probably the best hair out of anyone in this in uh, <laughs> in these she's videos. Got, she's got some of the best that. hair in any anime ever that I've ever seen. It's apt and that like her goggles which are jeweled. Wow. If I if I was going to do drag, I might just try to pull a Shelly. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly tries to reason with Archie because of science. They go, they flash back to her at the Weather Institute, and she then discovers that Kyogre will, you know, rip apart the world. We get this like weird, like single animation of her face being open and them fading to black and then fading back in, just being closer to her opened mouth gasp, which I thought was like, oh, you can animate this. We're just, we're just doing this. All right. Well, that's actually part of a traditional form. I don't want to go too deep into the traditions of Japanese animation, but there was a time when they couldn't afford to animate every cell in a cartoon. So to extend the time of the actual cartoon, they would take still cells and do movement on the still cells. And that was a, sort of a birthed in Japan animation technique. Uh, Shelly clearly does CrossFit like the rest of Team Aqua here. Because boy, she ripped. And you can Correct. only tell because uh, who needs clothes, right? If you're swole, who needs clothes? I mean, I, I, you're right. If I was swole, I wouldn't need clothes either. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they just overemphasize Archie's serratus just like it's too much for me to handle. Uh just for listeners who might not know what that word means, <laughs> could you explain? Oh, serratus is like if you're really like muscular but also lean, um kind of between your traps, pecs and abs, that kind of triangle area, you get like a serrated look to it. Oh, okay. And that's called the serratus. I mean, I knew that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right, right. Because you look at your serratus every day. Uh, yeah, I, I, I um, use the, the, the right uh, lotions for it, and I do all, yep, yep. The right, yeah, the right lotions, that's what gets you swole. <laughs> uh, Archie doesn't listen to Shelly at all, and then proceeds to throw the blue orb at Kyogre. It explodes over Kyogre's head and then uh, turns Kyogre into primal Kyogre. I, I love the animation of Kyogre being like dragged into the air and kind of not caring at that point with its like fins just drooping down. It's flying. That's I didn't wait. First, we got to do two things I don't understand. Number one thing, which you glossed over, Archie literally says 
as long as I have this orb, I can control Kyogre. And then a minute later, throws the orb. <laughs> you don't have it anymore, Archie. Calm down. Calm We did gloss over what down. I think is the, the coolest visual in this, which is the fact that they highlight that instead of doubling down on the blue of Kyogre, they highlight the yellow by causing the blue orb to emit this yellow light that makes the yellow of primal Kyogre stand out, which I thought was cool, but very, very cinematic. But yes, yeah. the, also the second flaw is why is Kyogre flying? Why we're not there Kyogre yet. Flying? We're not there. We're only to the part where he's hovering. Where does he hover? He comes out of the cavern under the water and then goes up into the air and when, starts flying. When the blue orb is thrown, like Travis said, the yellow like fills the sky. And then we see, Kyogre rise up uh, like a droopy dog, and then its outer shell oh, like breaks apart. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're talking about. Which is which is a fantastic animation. It's really good. And then the like blood orange eye, and Ky Kyogre goes from Kyogre pretty much doubles in size when it turns into Mega Kyogre. I don't know if. If Pokedex-wise, that's accurate, but I would assume that that Primal Kyogre is bigger than regular Kyogre. Yeah, ed edit your statement there. Primal Kyogre. There is no Mega Oh, my fault. My fault. Yeah, Primal Kyogre. The cave starts falling apart. Archie laughing, still, you know, showing off how swole he is as he laughs. And Mega Kyogre, you know, breaks through a rock cavern and uh, swims up to the surface, endangering many... Wingles in its wake, and you know, three minutes into this episode, I'm loving it. I, I think the animation throughout this episode is astounding, but yes, those last two minutes are just incredibly well done, except for the fact that throughout the entire thing, Kyogre's eyes look absolutely dead, it just has no emotion in its eyes whatsoever. I think it's supposed to show the the fact that the primal reversion is sort of taking the there's no word there's no analog for humanity here but there's no pokemon analog for the word humanity but there's the, sort of the humanity is taken out of the pokemon and it is a more purely animalistic creature that's just trying to it's just acting out of instinct i think is the implication and certainly in contrast with their focus on the eyes of archie and uh shelly after the realization that Kyogre is bringing destruction to the world. Wow, this is so beautiful. <laughs> so, so, you know, first three minutes I love of this episode, and then we get to Kyogre just flying, and now I don't love this episode anymore. No, give it up, give it up. It's okay. Kyogre's a god. No, I can't give it up. He's a, he's a killer whale, and he's flying over the ocean. They could have just animated him on the surface of the ocean, still doing the same things he's doing. Why? Yeah, that's he where your suspension of disbelief. Yes, that, that's where you. That's where you draw the line. I draw the line at Kyogre flying in the ocean. And and actually, if you ever watch the Mega Evolution specials where they do the primal reversion, um, Kyogre does stay in the water in that one. But I mean, next you're going to show me primal groudon flying just because who why does he need to walk on land if kyogre doesn't need to swim in the ocean why okay and and actually in most of the animations i think actually going back to the original generation three uh kyogre walks on water not kyogre groudon walks on water so 
whatever. It's never going to be perfect. I think artistically, the spiritual impact of Kyogre flying through the air and bringing destruction is much better than him being bound to the the human restrictions of being in the water. They could have done the dolphin animation, though, of him, you know, diving up in the air, causing some destruction. They certainly do some of that, too. They do a little. I mean, that that is my... That is... My only complaint is Kyogre flying. You're not going to be able to talk me out of why he's flying, but everything around what he, what the destruction he is causing, I do like. I do like the the Pokemon in the forest running away and the wind blowing. And again, it does a lot of fanfare, a lot of fan service to a lot of Generation 3 Pokemon that, uh, you know, just get a second or two of animation. And, you know, I can't be mad at that. I like seeing Pokemon in motion. So seeing all these Pokemon run away from this disaster is fantastic to the eyes. Uh, we then get, uh, there is this short scene after the Wingulls are flying that we see two more uh we get we get two more team aqua grunts like standing on a mountain and i like the the one grunt that is probably as as ripped as archie except he doesn't need a shirt and it's like he's getting ready to go to a football game because he has team aqua's team symbol painted on his chest i just thought that was like slightly funny his name is matt Matt? Matt. M-A-T-T. All right. Yeah, he's a team player, all right. Uh, we get the animation of, you know, we get this We get this Star Trek scene again here of Maxie sitting in Kirk's chair. I guess Shelly is maybe Spock in the situation. Yeah, I think it's a good comparison. Yeah. And, you know, the still disappointment across Shelly's face of what happened. Matt, which I just learned his name is... Saying, hey boss, things don't look good up here. There's a giant tidal wave coming to my face. What do you want me to do? At this point, you know, Shelly, who clearly couldn't talk any sense into Archie. Matt, who is over radio on the surface, who says one line. That's the realization Archie gets of, oh, we're probably screwed at this point. And that's pretty much the episode. I mean, they surface. Archie and Shelly run outside the sub. Uh, Kyogre's still, you know, flying his heart out, and Archie commands Kyogre to stop. Kyogre then, you know, end scene here, I guess. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this episode. I would have said that it, that it doesn't, uh, especially now that, now that Will pointed out to me the mirroring it has with the previous episode. I think that's a cool idea. I think it does it well now that I realize that's what they're trying to do. I don't, I think it, I think it does it fine. Well, and now I'm very curious because now that I've watched this about eight times in a row, I, it wasn't until I said it myself, I didn't realize the importance of, and the focus that they put onto eyes, both, you know, Kyogre's eyes and Shelly's eyes and Archie's eyes. So it merits, you know, maybe being a story being told through their eyes and the realizations that they have, through the story by uh, exposing that through how their eyes change uh, in the short, brief animation. Watch it again and focus on the eyes, kids. I, uh, no, I, I mean, this isn't my favorite episode. This isn't a bad episode. I, I like it. I'd, Kyogre flying, again, is my only complaint. I think they didn't need to do that. 
but I've I've already said that. I think the comparison of, you know, Shelly using science and Courtney having emotion and then flipping those for the two teams, I think that's excellent. And I'm glad that Will brought that up. I liked episode seven better, I think, just because I got way more character out of Courtney. And I liked the short but well-done battles that kind of happened throughout that short. I agree. Uh, if we're just talking like camera angles and animation, I think episode eight had, did that way better. But I think they sacrificed character development to, you know, focus on especially that last scene of, you know, Kyogre's eye focusing on Maxi, Kyogre doing like a 360, doing this huge dive. And, you know, like that animation was all super brilliant, but it also took up like 14 seconds where episode seven was like, oh, we're going to give you that same cool animation we're just going to cut it down into two seconds and you're going to see septile you know pile drive a goal bat uh, both are good but yeah i think you know will hit the will hit the nail on the head with you know this episode is more emotional based than than the last episode and also for somebody who has spent a lot of time on the ocean that final few moments where they are on the bow of the submarine and it dips down into the trow between the waves and then comes up to the crest of the wave. And then you see like Kyogre is flying down toward that is it captures the essence of being in a storm at sea quite well. Uh, so spoiler for people who haven't finished Gen 3, <laughs> does Archie and Maxi die? At any point during the game? No, 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 no. So how do they get out of this Kyogre, you know, you know, two seconds away from chopping their head off here at the end? My buddy Ray Quaza shows up and quells her. Okay, this whole bit of Kyogre going after the submarine, that's not real. Correct. Like, those things, those specifics don't happen in the game, yeah. So this could maybe be what Will was suggesting, that it's maybe... We call that artistic license in the biz. <laughs> in the biz. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it at the biz. We don't want to break up the biz. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the demo, and then we're going to talk about our Pokemon of the Week, and then we're going to end the show, and then not end the show, because we're going to talk about spoilers after that. So we'll be right back. And we are back from our break. Let's talk about the sun and moon demo here. I only, I'm going to, let me start off saying I only played about two, three minutes of it. My DS is dead. You can hear that great clanking of the DS. Is it dead like broken or dead like your battery just died? Ah, my battery just died. Why don't you keep it charged at all? Oh, we've already been through this. I got to the point in the game where I ran around the post office or city hall or whatever it was. City hall, because for some reason in Alola, you have to register that you've arrived in there and you live there now. Right. Yeah, obviously. Hit a little close to home as someone who's trying to move to another country. <laughs> Oh, you, you didn't you didn't make that clear that you didn't mean Win, 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 Winnipeg, United States. Yeah, Winnipeg, United States. <laughs> Winnipeg, Winnipeg. It probably is, but yeah. United States. So I haven't heard anyone complain about the demo. The only complaint I've heard was that you 
was that you had to hit A to open a door now instead of just walking through the door. Mm, true, true. Uh, I heard one complaint that uh, somebody didn't like the camera angles and the way that the camera follows you. Does it change differently outside of the city hall? Uh, yes, it does. Okay. When you're in different parts of the town, even like if you're walking on a street, it'll be at one angle. And then if you approach bi- buildings, it'll switch to a different angle. Didn't didn't X and Y do that, though, especially in not uh, to the same not to the same degree. And it seems yeah. like like X and Y had those sequences that were more 3D than others. <laughs> um, and then they were more the perspective would shift more than in other places and it seems like that's the norm as opposed to the exception now i i didn't really notice that many problems with it i thought they did a decent enough job making it flow well enough that you could you didn't feel like you know i always i always think of a bunch of um jrpgs in like the playstation era where they were figuring out 3d and you would you would move to a new screen by holding up because the door was at the top and then suddenly the next room would place you at the top of the screen and you'd still be holding up and then you'd go right back where you were. I think they do a good job making sure that sort of problem doesn't happen. But I, I could, Pokemon I could Pokemon has that. made that error at times. Correct. That's, that's true. Yeah. But get... I, I could also see that why someone would find the increased emphasis on camera perspective as, as being a little jarring because yeah. Well, I don't well, think it was it, that bad. It wasn't perfect. Well, it was difficult for me because obviously I'm so like intense into Monster Hunter lately that whenever I'm presented with something that does give me a camera angle, I want to hit the nub to move the camera to where I want it to be. And the fact that I couldn't do that, it just made it that much more obvious to me. <laughs> so I can only really talk about what I experienced and then I, I can ask questions for you guys. The main reason, too, that I haven't really played it was... I mean, the only thing you're really getting out of this is Ash's Greninja. And I know some people could say, well, you, uh, get, you get items every day and stuff. Yeah. I don't cares. I, I mean, I don't. It's like going to GameStop and pre-ordering and saying, oh, you'll get 15 quick balls. You know what I don't need? 15 quick balls, because I can just buy them in the game. Unless you're giving me, like, Mega Stones or something specific. I don't need revives or max repels or whatever. I don't even know what they're handing out. Pretty wings, a nugget, a star piece, some star dust, and Ash's Greninja. <laughs> Perfect. Or sorry, there's, sorry, there's sorry, also, sorry, Ash Greninja. Yeah, there's um story pieces that occur as well. I mean, I haven't. Correct. Un- unfortunately, I'm delayed because I started playing the started playing the demo a little bit late, so I'm only on like day one. A pretty wing day, but I, I'm pretty sure there's a, like some story things that you will encounter as you continue going into the demo. Yeah, there are little NPC encounters based on how long, how many days have passed. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's just not what I want. I want to experience the whole game fresh and and pure, and I don't want this. I don't want this repeated taste leading up to the actual game. That's fair. Oh, I Now, I appreciate... Because there are changes to the battle system and um, a few other things that I, I appreciate having the opportunity to get uh, comfortable with them before I have to encounter them in the game. And then it's not going to frustrate me when I'm trying to actually follow the story. I know you hate the story in the game, but for me, I'd rather not have mechanical issues of how to play the game get in my way of enjoying the story. Yeah, so I'll learn them now through the demo. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. I, I noticed that you had to hold, I think it was B to run. 
Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully they have some item, like they introduced the in X and Y, you don't get the roller skates until a little later, and you had to hold B before that, if memory serves. So hopefully they have something like that, because that was annoying for me, too. One of my questions I have is, um, did they have the heel ball before, and I just was never using it? Heel bell? The heel ball. The heel, heel ball. ball. Has been a, yeah, it's been a thing. All right, all right. I like having that. So I heard the demo is about two hours, you know, from start to finish before you're just now repeating stuff. Did you guys go through that whole thing? I just did the main little story that gets you to the screen where it says purchase the, the more adventures await in the full game. Um, and then I, I realized there's more stuff for me to do, but I didn't play the post game of the demo. So wait, you, you did the 10 carat cave trial. Correct. Professor Kukui's trial, which correct was interesting definitely tell me about um, it tell me about it. what what is this you know what is this you know 10 steps of no 10 10 carat cave you have to talk so to it's a like weird a old man dave ramsey type it's like a gordon ramsey <laughs> stop so you stop. got so you go into a meeting room with professor kukui and a bunch of other people you all sit down and then you work on step one and then you work on step two no no all right you have, first, you have to get to the cave where Professor Kukui has set up the trial. And What's the cave called? Chargestone? Mount Moon? Ten Carat Cave. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paint this picture. You have the opportunity to do a trainer battle as part of that uh, before you get there, and also to encounter Pokemon in the tall grass, even though you don't have any Pokeballs to catch them with. But you're only so using Greninja, right? You only have access to Ash Greninja. Yes, or Greninja. But yeah, you can meet Young Goose in the grass. You can meet Picky Pecks in the grass. Uh, you battle a, a little young trainer that happens to be hanging out. Um, and then you meet Professor Kukui at the outside of Ten Carat Cave, and he gives you a camera because his trial is that you need to take pictures of the Pokemon. Uh, I think you have to do three pictures as you go through the cave. But every time that you take a picture of the Pokemon, it attacks you. He gives you a Pikachu to assist you on getting through the trial. How does the picture taking feel? Oh, I wish there were more controls. I hope there's more controls when it's actually in the full game, because you can pretty much just hit the shutter. You can't zoom. You can't really move that much. Do you get like an you apple? Just... Do you get like a, no, you know, hold, no, a hold no. L to go faster? <laughs> what you do no. get is a button that takes a picture. All right. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Actually, you have two options for which button to use to take the picture, but still, you do can you, only take a picture. The result is the same. Do you get any, uh, you know, end game situation after the picture where they reward you points? And, you know, if the picture. Wonderful. The, if the. Pokemon to the center, <laughs> center in the frame, you know, do you get like the double bonus if there's two Pikachu there? There is no reference to the pictures whatsoever once you are done with the trial. All right. I'm canceling my pre-order. <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. I thought this was Pokemon Snap 2, guys. No, not quite. So I don't you... understand what the point of him giving you the Pikachu for, because the, the Greninja is certainly strong enough to take care of all the Pokemon that are you're confronted with. So it's for the Z move. Oh, that's right, you do get to do the Z move. But wait, I was confused because I'm pretty sure I did the Z move, <laughs> but it didn't. What do you mean? You're pretty do... sure you did the Z move? I'm pretty sure the animation is quite long. 
No, but it didn't do that. It did a different one. Oh, it certainly did the animation for me. Oh, well, I guess I did it wrong. What's interesting, oh. and I, I guess we, we've probably even talked about this on the show and I forgot. In the demo, the Z move is actually a fifth move. You have your four moves. And then when Z move, the Z move came available, and the four moves are on the right side of the bottom screen UI. And then when you had access in that final encounter to Pikachu's Z move, it was on the left side of the screen, and it was a fifth move on it. I don't know if we already knew that, but that's pretty cool because we've only had access to four moves for the entirety of Pokemon's history and the well, yeah. idea of having a fifth move that's like an ace in the hole that you can use once is cool more than yeah. more so than just a move you can use once and then you have three moves no yeah but that's that's the thing is you can only use it once so might as well get a fifth one right i went through the the little menus they had and i did like how they were laid off i i know one of my complaints for omega ruby alpha sapphire was they tried to go what's What's that design called that Apple used to use all the time? Where it looks like real things? Yes. Uh, oh. Google's is material design, right? Or whatever? Well, yeah. Material design is is more like flat. Yeah. I can't remember what it's... Skeuomorphic, I think it's called. There, yeah, Skeum- yeah, a skeuomorph. Correct. Yeah, I, I didn't know that that was a Apple's design philosophy, but a skeuomorph. It, it, it was. It used to be the Steve Jobs and the other guy, head of design, who quit after he. I think he quit after Steve died. He was all for that. So, like Game Center, for example, was like, uh, like a casino table. It was like, um, like the the green like velvet. green velvet, and then so, note, yeah, notes was. Just- was like a notepad, and then there was like little tears in the corner and stuff. And you know that design can work, and it did work for a while until you get old, you get sick of it. But Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire had a little bit of that, which I just at that point I I, I was like I'm over this. Like give me a flat, give me material design. Where the little run button was like a little shoe, and the and the battle button was like this little like explosion. I can't even remember, but I was like, oh my god, like just give me clean buttons. I don't need a, a shoe to click on to know that like this is the runaway. Interestingly, the definition of skiomorph is just using the iconography of something that is outmoded to represent its modern equivalent. Like even on the modern iPhones, the fact that the the phone button, the call button, is still an old school two bulges at either end phone like that would be a definitional example of skiomorph not necessarily the design philosophy well yeah and i think um the the main importance factor of skiomorphism is that it's needless right there there is no reason why the calendar has to look like it has rings on the top and when you want to change months it looks like pages in the calendar there is no need for that in a digital age but for some reason it's introduced to uh, create comfort, right? Um, which comfort is not necessary. Comfort and familiarity. Neither of those are necessary. <laughs> Adapt with the times. Also, you learn, know, sometimes change or die. Sometimes that stuff works well, and sometimes it, it doesn't. I don't think it worked well in at all in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. But at you know some point, they thought the run from battle button should be a giant shoe, and that just I don't know. It it was an instant turnoff visually for me. 
I, obviously it didn't affect the game at all, but didn't look good, I'll tell you that. Uh, what else about this demo? What else can you spit my way? So after you complete the trial, it comes to a natural end. Uh, really aggravated that I couldn't save before I completed the trial. Yeah, there's, there's no, no option to save on your own. at all. Do you guys think they're going to carry that over to the main game where it's just going to kind of auto-save after battles or catching? Oh, or... No, no, no. No, there's no, no way. No. no, I mean, you don't know. I mean, after you complete the trial, then you can save. Oh, you can. No, it I... saves for you. You cannot save freely, no. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so then you get the option to hit start and go into it again. Can and I can profession- I reask can I reask that question? Would it bother you if you couldn't save on your own? Yes. yes. It would. Why? Yes. Because sometimes I get sleepy while I'm playing and I'm like I need to stop playing and go to sleep, but when I wake up I want to play Monster Hunter. But if it if it autos if it auto saves after battle or it auto saves every time you go through a door, then then you would be less likely to forget that Oh, I haven't saved in two hours. Well, having an autosave in addition to a manual save would be would be nice. Well, no, because then you would need two slots. I I wouldn't, you know, like sometimes you 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 make a bad decision and want to go back to a manual save. Like correct, soft reset. What what bad know? decisions are you making in Pokemon? Accidentally killing a legendary uh, with with a move that you think is going to leave it with just red HP, and then you kill it and. Congratulations, your game is saved. You just murdered Solgaleo. Have fun with the rest of the game without the mascot Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. well, I hope you well, like our new video game, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Well, two things. One, we, we already know you can't kill the main Pokemon anymore because ever since Black and White, they Regardless, forced, like, they forced you to catch Regardless, what if you're trying to catch a... What if, you're, like, what if it's not the main mascot Pokemon, but what if it's you've been well, searching... Like a Zapdos. For- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then you and, gotta be more like careful. it's like a roaming Pokemon and it you would be, accidentally kill it. It it would actually make legendary Pokemon, believe it or not, it would make them more rare if you had to have a little patience and you had to be well-prepared going into a battle with them. Hey, I nobody... Don't, I don't want that nobody, out of my Pokemon game. Yeah, the point of Pokemon is to collect them all, and if it's, hope you get lucky, then I... It's I mean, not I like getting lucky, right? I no, already no, no. hate the roaming Pokemon mechanic, and adding worse? more difficulty to getting all of them is not fun. You can't control when you might accidentally get a crit, and you have super calc out exactly the damage that this move is going to cause so that you leave him with 2 HP, which will put him in the prime place for catch, and all of a sudden, oh, that one critted. I mean, there are moves so, that don't crit, though. Like Sonic Boom, like right, Swift. But are, you all, are you always going to have, uh, like, false swipe on you, like, the entirety of the game, just in case you run into your Thunderous? Like, no, you're not going to do you that. Got, you got to be prepared. It's like Monster Hunter. You got to prep for that hunt. You got to make sure you eat. You got to make sure you bring your potions. You got to make sure you bring your rations. And then when you go into battle and you forget all that... Yeah, but that's a different video game <laughs> that is supposed to encourage preparation, and it's an entire, entirely different theme. Pokemon has never been that it's never been prepared for unforeseen circumstances it's always been prepared for specifically foreseen circumstances it's different like completely different games with and completely different types of experiences if pokemon became this game where you never know if you're gonna just run into latias on route two i mean you kind of have that with roaming pokemon but if you can't like undo an action like the, i feel like that sort of flies in the face of what pokemon has been yeah but i mean like time. If if you even go back to Red and Blue and you go to Viridian Forest, you could spend, you could spend you know twenty thirty minutes looking specifically for a Pikachu because that's the rarest Pokemon in that area. And of course, you know 
who didn't want a Pikachu back when Red and Blue came out? Like, that was, this is the Pokemon I need to get. And you could encounter a Pikachu, accidentally kill a Pikachu, and then there's no... So- you can't just save before a Pikachu encounter, because you don't know yeah, when... We're not, it- talking about, we're not talking about that example. No, we're yeah, that is about- completely different. That's, that's not Articuno, where you get one shot at running up to that dude and trying to catch him, and then you, you miss him, you kill him, and he flies away, and he's gone. That's it. But what if they changed it to he didn't he didn't die or fly away he just respawns again in the world you just have to go find him again I think that breaks the mystique that legendary Pokemon are <laughs> wait you're saying what time. doesn't break the mystique is going up to the legendary saving the game and then going ah, I didn't get him let's start over again like that no, to me breaks in the, the universe mi- <laughs> because that's not a part of the universe of the game that's a that's a that's external to the universe of the game. If in the game, a Pokemon faints and then just comes back because, hey, trainer, looks like you messed up a little bit. We're going to revive this Pokemon for you so you can catch it. Like if in the universe of the game, it makes concessions to poor mistakes. Yeah, but it, like fainting isn't dying. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Can we also go back to the, one of the, the core fundamental principles of JRPGs? One of the fundamental principles is before the major boss battle, you can save... So that if you do not win at the boss battle, you can go back and restart the boss battle. This is just like core to the concept of the yeah, type but of if game. You, that okay, this so is. if you lose to a uh, if you lose to a trainer in the Pokemon game, it's not like you're getting punished. You just go back to a Pokemon center, and yeah, they take some. They you have take to some, give up money. Yeah, they take money. Has always been useless in the Pokemon games. Uh, not an X and Y when clothes cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> yeah, if yeah but want, we already if we already know all that we, of that style. <laughs> We already you know might not be losing a lot of Pokemon fights. We already know in Sun and Moon that you have to buy clothes with some other currency. Festival coins. Whether or not saving is in there, I just think it's a very. I don't think there's enough good reasons to keep it and just have auto saves at this point, especially in in a forward thinking sense. You know, a lot of people can jump back and go, oh, we should have a Pokemon MMO, which, again, I, I, I don't think those people have actually played an MMO. I don't think they understand what MMOs are or, or what the fun parts of an MMO is. But in an MMO, there's no, you know, saving. There's, you know, you get to a new town, you go through a door, you finish a battle, it all auto-saves and you never really think about it. Yeah, but MMOs aren't fun. people don't play those for fun but the only reason people are saving in a pokemon game obviously besides the the big point of saving their data is i'm going to save before this battle because if i lose it i'm going to turn off my game and turn it back on and do it again when in reality it doesn't matter if you lose it the punishment isn't that bad or the pun like the punishment could change when i was going through the elite four my first time in red and blue I realized at one point powering off the game because I lost is hurting me because even though I'm losing at Bruno or I'm losing at Lance, I still beat Agatha. I still beat Laura L'Oreal hair shampoo. I still beat them and I still got the experience there. And once I stopped turning off the game because I lost and just accepted the loss, I was still getting the experience to level up my Pokemon so I could make it farther and farther through the game. So in that sense, saving and turning it off before you lose is actually hurting your progress. Now, in the other aspect, saving before a legendary to ensure that you catch it, yeah, that makes sense, but it does suck for people who, let's say, didn't save 
and they accidentally killed it because they're a six-year-old kid, and they didn't know that there was only one Articuno in the game. So why don't they just change it to, okay, you killed Articuno. You know what? In 24 hours, Articuno will respawn. Or Oh, but that's not how it is in the games. You have to defeat the Elite Four to make the legendaries come back. And you got to go through that grind. I'm just saying that, like... right. Can we get like, back to what's truly important? Trigger something to make it come up because I would be totally for the just save on its own kind of thing. And the biggest complaint, which you guys didn't bring up, but I'm sure other people would bring up is, oh, how am I supposed to RNG or how am I supposed to reset for natures or shine or, you know, all that stuff. And again, like that, that stuff is that stuff to me hurts the game. Like if. If my Greninja should only be sturdy in nature or hard, I don't even know what, let's just say sturdy. Like, I only should get a sturdy nature. It kind of breaks the whole fact that Pokemon could be unique if everyone's trying to soft reset for a certain nature. And it's like, oh, did you get your Deance? Well, no, I didn't redeem it yet because I haven't had time to soft reset. Oh, you, you know, wait, you know what's better is running through the same mission on Destiny 157 times. It's because you didn't get the right drop for the weapon and there's no other way to get that weapon. Sturdy is an ability, not a nature. Your point Wait, is valid. I was making a burn on Destiny, Steve's real Des- true love. I uh, can't even wait to get to the part where you burn Destiny because you said the word Destiny and then I stopped paying attention immediately. Like every listener of this show. Des- mm. Destiny is not... Destiny and even like Final Fantasy, they're definitely games built on grind. And Pokemon, of course, has its grind there. But... If I wanted a specific gun in Destiny and that gun only drops off this certain strike, yes, I would have to run that strike multiple times. But multiple? How many multiple? 10, 20, 37? And it's a 25 minute to 45 minute strike? No, no. I I can run any strike in less than 10 minutes. Well, you- not everyone in the world is Steve Black Jr., okay? Will Anderson takes about an hour to get through well that you thing. run strikes with me i'll i'll cut that time in half but then that takes the fun out of it no it doesn't because you can anyways oh, can okay let me let me important? let me get back to my point so while i'm running a strike in destiny let's say i want to get a certain gun that only drops at the end while i'm running that strike i can be leveling up my gear i usually put on fresh gear to level it up as i go through i can usually get glimmer which is their form of currency I can you I will get the Vanguard experience for completing a strike, which will upgrade my Vanguard rank, which will get me possibly other rewards like other guns that you can only get through Vanguard, and I could increase something else that I'm forgetting. So that's five different things I'm also accomplishing as I try to grind out a certain gun. It's not like in Pokemon, like right before I get to Articuno, it's not like I'm accomplishing different things before I go in. I'm accomplishing one thing. So while your your point was like, yeah, yes, they're both grindy games, but there's a huge difference in running like a strike over and over in Destiny and, you know, just doing the same like software setting for a uh, a Pokemon in in the Pokemon games. They're different games. They're, yeah, but you're right. Anyways, they're different games. Can we get back to what's important? Yes. What's important? Let me hear it. When you when you hit start after you've completed the trial. You get to talk to Professor Kukui, and he gives you the ability to ride a Tauros. Uh-huh. And you can ride a Tauros around. How does it feel compared to riding the Rhyhorn in X and Y? Exactly the same. All right, that's Except a bummer. Except with better animation. 
Maybe a little you more. You feel fluid. the wind in your hair. <laughs> it's, it's a little as more you fluid. Ri- as you ride the beast. But but also like overall the, the game it's not on a uh, eight point axis anymore. So you can do different, more smoother angles for your turns and everything. It's you know, freedom to steal as you ride the Tauros. And it can bash through rocks. Anything, anything else? I mean, you, you both seem very satisfied with the demo. Not that demo you, like, I, I don't think you'd, you'd come out of the demo hating it. Let me rephrase that. Like, I would expect you guys to be satisfied. <laughs> The only the only problem for me is that the um, the capture challenge is a little I, I hate to say it but the capture challenge is a little too difficult for me. What's the capture challenge? I didn't do anything after I thought it, and I mean I realized a few days later that there was more for me to do. But what I so, thought when I saw the end screen that I was what's the capture challenge? If you return to Ten Carat Hill, you cannot do the trial again. But there are two things that you can do. One, there's an ace Pokemon trainer who says, if you defeat the three other trainers on this trail, you can come back and defeat me or fight me. And then if you defeat her, she gives you the star piece. And then there's another guy who it basically teaches you how to catch Pokemon, but he gives you 13 Pokeballs. I think it's two heal balls and one great ball. And it's a challenge of just like wander through the tall grass, catch as many Pokemon as you can. And the only ones I came across were Pikachu, Young Goose, and Picky Peck. Um, any that you catch, you can add to your team. And then you, uh, when you're done, you either run out of Pokeballs or you just run out of time to do it and go back to him. Uh, if you catch more than three, he'll give you a nugget. So it's just practice on catching Pokemon, but it's difficult because. I mean, it's really difficult because, first off, you only start with your Greninja, and Pikachu is kind of strong against Greninja because they're all, like, high level or close to the same level as Greninja. And, like, if he paralyzes your Greninja once, then you're kind of stuck because you can't do any health restores or status restores or anything while you're in right. the capture challenge. So that's my, that's my only complaint. All right. All right. Got it. All right. Last question. Are you more excited or less excited for Sun and Moon now after playing the demo? Less excited. <laughs> of course, I'm I'm super excited to play. It's it's un- unmutable. Equally as excited as I was before the demo came out. All right. Okay, let's uh move into our Pokémon of the week. We picked Greninja this week based off Ash Ash Greninja, not Ash's Greninja. Ash Greninja. I will uh, toss it over to Travis, and he'll do a moveset, and uh, yeah. Fun fact. Greninja is one of two non-mega, non-legendary Pokemon that the Smogon community has decided is much too strong and must be placed in the Uber tier. Just it and Aegislash are the only non-mega non-legendary Pokemon currently in that tier, as far as I could tell. Partly because Greninja is very fast, and also because Greninja has the ability Protean, the hidden ability Protean. Protean is an ability that changes the type of the Pokemon to match the move that you have selected for that turn before using it. This has a few effects. First, you are always going to have same type attack bonus, because you're always going to switch to that type of move before you use it. Second, you can 
you are it's more difficult for your opponent to land a super effective attack because they don't really know what type you are going to be especially because Greninja outspeeds a lot of Pokemon and it's not like something like Protean Kecleon where it's slow enough that it uses a bug type move and ends up bug at the end of the turn and then you outspeed it and can use a flying type move the next turn. It's going to the Greninja is going to change likely before you are able to land a super effective move, even if you're faster than it, because Greninja has access to a number of increased priority moves, most notably its signature ability Water Shuriken, which has increased priority. It's a water type move and it has it's one of those multiple hit moves. According to Bulbapedia, it's effective, it's average, it's average base power winds up about being 47.5 base power, which is better in comparison to the other water type. Increased priority move, Aqua Jet, which has a base power of 40. Greninja also has access to Shadow Sneak, which is interesting too. I'm going to feature two sets from our Slack community. The first comes to us from Gabe. This is a Gabe. This is a mixed sweeper. This is a this is an offensive mixed Pokemon. Um, your set is Ice Beam, Water Shuriken, Gunk Shot, and Shadow Sneak. Shadow Sneak and Water Shuriken being physical. And they're both physical, increased priority moves, and then Ice Beam and Gunk Shot are. Oh, is Gunk Shot special? I I just assumed it was. I didn't remember to look it gunk. up. Ah, uh, is it special? I feel like it is. Oh, it's physical. Okay. So the only uh, and I I did sort of pick and choose because Gabe recommended a few different move choices for each slot, but um, this is the more physically attacking option i could do with ice beam in there for some type coverage it can be handy gunk shot uh gabe says to include because it checks azumarill which is a pokemon that you would otherwise have trouble countering because it has super effective capability against basically all of the moves that you could turn into with the 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 typical sets that you would have. It often runs superpower, uh, which which breaks uh, ice and and um, and and dark pulse is also an often uh, option that Gabe recommends if you don't want to run shadow sneak. So Azumarill would have super effective moves against that, and also just the fact that um, the fairy type has at least neutral damage on on all of your your moves, and Greninja is frail enough that just a neutral attack can probably take you out. Um, so Gunk Shot is there to stop Azumarill. Set is pretty simple. You want to outspeed and deal as much damage as you can. Uh, Life Orb with 252 EVs in... Actually, I'm going to change this a little bit because um, uh, this was... Now that I'm seeing this, this was a set uh, made with the assumption that we're talking Gen 7 where Water Shuriken gets changed to Special. But... We're not going to do that because we don't have Gen 7 yet. So instead, I'm going to switch it around and, and just be simple. So this isn't Gabe's recommendation, but I'm going to just say simply, let's just do 
I don't remember what naive nature is, but that's what Gabe recommends. So we're going to do that with 252 EVs in attack and speed. We'll just assume that your ice beam is going to be strong enough to hit things that are like four times weak against it. Again, don't blame Gabe if this set doesn't work. It's I'm sort of changing it on the fly, given that I'm trying to make it work for Gen 6. Um, and then Life Orb is your ability. Or sorry, Life Orb is your item and Protean is your ability. The next set is a purely special set with Ice Beam, Hydro Pump, Dark Pulse, and Scald. Life Orb is your item, Protean is your ability. This, oh, this comes from us. Uh, comes to us from TJ, by the way. Your nature is going to be timid, so you have increased speed and you don't decrease your offensive ability, which is special attack, your offensive stat, rather. Um, 2 of 52 in special attack and speed. I already went over the moves. Um, it's, again, a pretty simple set. You're always getting same type attack bonus on all of these moves, so your, your goal is to um, one-hit KO switch-ins and things like that, so um, predicting switches or... Or two hit KOs if they switch, and then you can finish them off that way. Grinch is a pretty frail Pokemon, so you're unlikely to be able to do much if you if you take any anything over a anything any hit that's that's either neutrally or super effective. So you're trying to just pull out, push out as much offensive power as, as you can. I do know though that in the actual constructed format that Smogon puts together that these aren't typical sets. You know, I'm asking for general sets from our Slack community, which is why we're getting these offensive sets. But I know in the Ubers metagame, Greninja doesn't actually fit that niche because there are plenty of options for a fast, strong Pokemon in that that tier. So you're unlikely to choose Greninja over something like a you know, one of the litany of fast special attacking or or mixed attackers in in that tier. So instead, what Greninja is 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 more of a it's it's a lead Pokemon um, because you have access to Toxic Spikes and um, and Shadow Sneak because Shadow Sneak can turn you into a ghost type. So you can lay Toxic Spikes and turn yourself into a ghost that can block. Rapid spin sets sort of your niche there, and you usually use a focus sash for sets like that. So there you go, Pokemon of the Week, Greninja. Greninja. All right. Well, I guess that will wrap up our show for you guys today. If you wanted to hear about Sun and Moon's or the Sun and Moon data leak and the spoilers, we're gonna be back after our theme song or ending theme song to talk about that. But yeah, Travis is at the Travis W on Twitter. Will is at Wash in the Sink on Twitter. And I am at Dragging a Lake. Otherwise, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, you can probably follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review in iTunes. That would help us out a ton, even if you don't use iTunes. I know it's a terrible program. We've established this. But leaving a review in iTunes would really help us out. Otherwise, oh, also, last thing, sorry, all this house cleaning here before we, we end the show. I was yelled at by our Slack members that we didn't do a very good job at telling you how great the Slack community is. It's great. <laughs> and they were like, no, you should push the Patreon more because we need more people in the Slack because once people get there, they realize how awesome everyone is. This is their words, not mine. 
and we should promote it more. And I always feel bad saying, hey, you should give us a dollar a month to make the show great. But if you want to support It's Super Effective, you can head over to patreon.com slash it's super effective, I-T-S-S-U-P-E-R-E-F-F-E-C-T-I-V-E. I know how to spell. Or you can just go to PokemonPodcast.com and hit the support, support button, and that will actually... Otherwise, have... if you don't join the Slack community, how, how are you supposed to know that Mayo is banned? Would you not <laughs> even get into it? I was going to say something nice, and then you had to say something nasty. Oh, I apologize. Wow. The Great Mayo War. Yeah, so yeah, we had a, we had a couple people who joined last week, and they they... That's how the whole conversation of like, oh, why don't you like push the Slack community or the the Patreon harder? And they were like, I w- we would have joined sooner if we knew how great this place was. And uh, yeah, I, I I feel like the Slack is a really great place, but I've also been in there since day one, so maybe so to, I'm blinded. I was gonna say, to say I was gonna say to sweeten the pot, I have recently started a new channel in the Slack called Do You Even Lift, and it's for people who are interested in. Nutrition, supplements, and weightlifting. I know, because a lot of people in the Pokemon community just love lifting weights. But it's <laughs> yeah, there. like Archie. If you want to get swole like Archie, we've got a channel in the Slack where we talk about nothing but strategies for pumping iron. And then it makes one... me want to make a channel. No, in fact, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> and then once you get swole, you can wear less and less clothes. Like Archie. Oh, I, do, I do that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Uh, if you're sticking around, we're going to be talking about the new Pokemon that were data leaked. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. First, Gayu Morphs. What a dirty dog. Do you like motorcycles, card games, explosions, board games, Mexican food, video games, music, cats, the weird and the unusual, wrestling? Go check out hashtag DrunkOnTacos over at DrunkOnTacos.com or on Facebook, Facebook.com slash DrunkOnTacos or even on Instagram at at sign because that's how Instagram works like Twitter. Uh, drunk on tacos, all the same thing. Drunkontacos.com. If you like that stuff, they are a proud supporter of It's Super Effective, and we thank them for their patronage. Hey there, Pokemon Podcast listeners. Do any of you play Minecraft? Did you know that you can play Pokemon on Minecraft with a mod, Pixelmon? Join the Pixelmon server that cares about bringing you the best Pokemon experience out there at play.journeygaming.com. Journey Gaming has four different Pokemon servers themed after the regions Hoenn, Sinnoh, Kanto, and Johto. 
Check out their website at journeygaming.com or jump right into Pixelmon Experience on their server at play.journeygaming.com. And we are back from our endings credits to talk about the Sun and Moon data leaks. Uh, let's get some of this out of the way here. I, I mean, if, if you're here, you've probably already looked in the data leaks. You've probably already seen what was there. I'll just go through this bullet list. I don't know how accurate it is. It's the, the most recent one I found. But for the most part, well, none of this is really accurate, right? Because we don't know what's in the final game. And I was actually also going to say there is the possibility that it was revealed to me in a dream that this is a complete plant by the Pokemon company into the demo because they knew people would try to data mine it and it's all false. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that, that could be it. All right. So are there new there are no new mega Pokemon that were discovered. Uh, there are 81 new Pokemon. There are 18 types of Alolan Pokemon. There are new forms. We'll get to that. There are the Pokedex. Looks like it ends at 802. It's a lot of Pokemon. It's a lot of Pokemon. And there are some other stuff like There's a hundred and two armor to see. <laughs> There's some other stuff like moves like Thunder Wave got got adjusted. So speed reduction is half. Uh Thunder Wave's accuracy brought down to 90 instead of hundred. Uh, we'll let's just go through the new Pokemon. Uh, we'll just we'll just talk about them real quick. I don't know if there's much else to talk about. I mean, there's there's plenty to talk about, but we have three weeks to go, so we can we can kind of space that out and uh, not dump everything right away here. Uh, so we have uh, Lolan Rattata, Lolan Raticade. Those are both those have both been seen. Uh, we have different forms of Pikachu wearing the the hats that uh, Ash and Company has has worn throughout the year, the years. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different hats. It looks like the seventh one, presumably being what he'll wear in the new anime. Well, we probably already saw it in the trailer that I didn't watch. <laughs> yeah, we have a Lolan Raichu we've known about. We have Alolan Sandshrew, Alolan Sandslash, Alolan Vulpix, Alolan Ninetales. Uh, and then here's our first new Alolan. This is the one that everyone's been talking about, uh, or one of them. We have Alolan Diglett and Alolan Dugtrio. Perfection, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just, I just want to know who cuts their hair. <laughs> the the, the hard-hitting questions. Uh, the... So the coolest thing about the these Pokemon, which maybe is is not noticed, is the their base is like a black rock. Um, we see this again with the shiny version version of Palosand, uh, because the shiny version of Palosand is like a black sand. Uh, I think this has to do with there's a there's a black sanded beach at in mm-hmm. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yes, on on uh, the Big Island. Have you been to that, Will? Yes. Is it cool? Is it is it all the rage? Uh, no, because it's not like sandy sand that's comfortable sand like you're used to. It's kind of like uncomfortable rocky sand. So, not not you're not seeing that many people hanging out on the black sand beach. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, you have any you have any other words about uh, Ducktrio or Diglett? Where did they get their hair cut? That's it. 
if a barber is the only barber in town, who cuts the barber's hair or whatever? <laughs> you're, yes, you're correct. Uh, we have Alolan Meowth, which... Is this the first time we've seen Alolan Meowth's feet in sprite form? Because I didn't know its feet and tail had this, like, richer purple on it. Maybe? Well, I mean, that's the shiny version that you're yeah. looking at. Maybe the, the normal version didn't make that, like, prominent. Uh, we have, this is the other Pokemon everyone's been talking about, Alolan Persian. And I, I feel like we have, we have mixed reactions to this. Some people really, really like Alolan Persian and some people don't. And a lot of people have said, oh, it looks like Garfield. Or a lot of people said, it looks like Meowth ate a bunch of bees and then evolved and then its head got real big. I think, it, I mean, I... What do the I, bees have to do with it? Because yeah, its cause... head is large, it's like bulbous or whatever. I, I look. I, I mean, this is a recurring theme with the Pokemon. I like. I like when Pokemon get silly. I think that a Pokemon that's cute because it's silly is vastly superior than a Pokemon that's just cute for traditional reasons. I think a little in Persian Persian is really funny. And I really like it. As 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 a, an owner of a cat with a big head, I love Alolan Persian because cats like that exist. I don't know why people uh, on the internet are making it seem like Alolan Persian's proportions are just are not accurate. Because uh, another unrealistic expectation for cats. <laughs> It's just really dopey looking, and I love it. Like, my, my cat, which is actually named Sinnoh, uh, is, he's a really dopey cat, and he's fantastic, and he's one of the sweetest cats in the world, and he has a larger head, and he's actually pretty clumsy compared to the other cats. Uh, and it reminds me of my cat Sinnoh, so uh, I really like Lolan Persian a lot. It sounds like you just did a fourth grade uh, like book report on your cat Sinnoh. <laughs> I like a I like person. my cat Sinnoh. He's got a big head and he's real clumsy <laughs> and he eats too fast, so he throws up. <laughs> I like my cat Sinnoh. Yep, you summed it up. That's it. Uh, we have a Lolan Geo dude. Uh, we have a Lolan Graveler and a Lolan Golem. Figured they, they just look like the angry. <laughs> like alternate universe versions of them. Lolan Golem has like a Jewish beard going on here. Well, there's nothing about a beard that makes it Jewish. Um, <laughs> it has like a goatee. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a goatee. It's definitely a beard. My and... opinion about the quality of of the Geo Dude Alolan line has been oscillating since these leaks happened. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I don't. I currently don't. I don't get it. Why do they have hair? What? Is it hair? Is it? I thought it was like rock crystals. It looks like, I mean, I think it's, that's what it's supposed to be, but it looks like hair and I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. They look, I, I think, I think Golem looks the coolest. I don't think it needs the beard or the mustache to stand out. I think the giant like pincer like claws. Yeah. Rock. What is that? I think that's cool. Right. But what, what is it? Well, let's see when they're in motion and when it's moving, right? This is a still sure. picture, yeah, so yeah, we yeah. don't we don't know. 
Uh, we have a Lolan Grimer, a Lolan Muck. They still look fantastic. I think they look better in their model than in the two-dimensional art that we yes. yeah. saw yeah. of them. Uh, we have Alolan Executor, you know, confirms of no Alolan Execute. I think we already knew that. Uh, we have uh, Dog Pokemon, uh, Transformer That's Pokemon. Psycho. I know. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, we have Rowlet, we have Dartrix, and we have Owl Hunter Mage Final Fantasy looking thing. All right, so so wait, yeah. here's here's a clue to my theory that this is a plant by the Pokemon Company. Um, you notice that they have what is it, fifty ten percent form Zygarde and complete form Zygarde, but we don't see the cell forms. We don't see the fifty percent form Zygarde in here. Pick up on that. It might not be a plant, but it might just be they were better at like more of this was. They hid some of it better than they hid others, you know. I I wouldn't be surprised if there were things that are if there were Pokemon that are in the game that are not in this league. But okay, I mean the people the people who data mined it. I was I was up the morning that it was happening, and it was at first it was, uh, we can get the shiny Pokemon that we have all we found a way to get all the shiny Pokemon out, and then. About an hour later, it was like, okay, now we can get regular forms out. And then after that, it was like, there now we can get certain moves out. Because before, it started off of, oh, they scrubbed it really good. And then it started off with, oh, they scrubbed it everything, everything good for except for shiny. And then it was like, oh, it scrubbed everything good except moves. And the longer it went on, the more and more stuff they ripped out of it. Uh, well, that's how hackers work. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we talk about these final evolutions, we have the Litten line, we have Tora Cat, I'm trying to remember all the names without looking it up, Tora Cat, we have uh, Wrestler Cat, uh, we have Poplio, we have uh, Brony, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then we Brion. have, yeah, I know, Brion, and then we have the Mermaid. So this goes to saying those original sketches uh, several months ago were accurate. I think we all kind of came to that conclusion once we saw the middle evolution forms. Especially with Brion. I remember his... being on the, that episode and being the only one who thought that. I have that memory, but... Oh, I but thought it. I thought it. I just didn't want to accept it. Sure. These forms are... Um, are They're fine. They look better I, than they did in the sketches. I The only one I like is Poplio's Final Evolution. I don't like what Dartrix evolves into. I think it... The... The style completely, the style of Rowlet into Dartrix completely disappears. It feels like a different. But didn't didn't you feel that for Samurott and Ashuat? Like yeah, they... but at least Samurott looks cool on its own, which I don't feel like this thing does. I think this thing is a weird hodgepodge. I. But I mean, it's personal opinion. I don't right. like how this thing looks. Um, the what about one. What about Wrestler Cat? I already hated Litten and everything it stands for, and this is uh, the flaming garbage that it was destined to be. And what what about Populio's final that you that you like? I think the design is pretty. I think it fits with the previous two evolutions in a nice way. 
and I feel like it it's cohesive in a way that the other two evolutions are not in terms of its design. I agree. Will, what are your thoughts of these three? Uh, I'm probably going to end up with a level 100 Poplio, like I had a level 100 Chespin, and just never evolve it. <laughs> I only like the the uh, uh, well. I actually the Litten line has kind of become more interesting to me. Um, I do like uh, whatever the Brion's final evolution is going to be called. I like that a lot, um, but none of the final evolutions speak to me as much as the first versions yeah yeah i feel like we had this conversation for gen 5 though with embor and the viper or not the viper uh servine servine and superior superior yes superior embor and samurai i feel like those besides sir superior superior fit its evolutionary line right i felt and Embor mm-hmm. and Samurai didn't look like anything like that. And I'm trying to think. So last generation, I felt like Delphox fit Fennekin's line. Um, Chestnut fit Chespin's line. More or less, yeah. And I don't know. I mean, looking... I, it helps that you have Quilladin in the middle, but like... If you looked at Chespin and then looked at Chestnut and told me that the, <laughs> that the first one ends up as that, I wouldn't believe you. Yeah. What was the last Pokemon there? Water. Oh, Froki and the Greninja. Yeah, I felt like that fit too. Because Froki and Frogadier and Greninja are perfect. I mean, I mean, I feel like no comment. I do, I think that. Rowlet does end up into, you know, mage archer here. I can see it. I just Yeah, hate, I just don't like it. I hate the that they take weird. these fire Pokemon and they put them on two legs every single time. Embor. We know you have. We know you hate quad. You you hate bipedal things. We typhlosion could have stayed on four legs, like it's two forms. Infernape. I don't know. I guess apes are in two legs. Uh, Chimchar was on two feet. Chimchar and Char and Charmander started on two feet, so that makes sense. But what is with them doing stage one and stage two on four legs, and then stage three? It's like you can walk. Well, it's all grown up now. I guess. I really hope this is fire dark. And dark is a dark is the opposite of fighting, as in it's a dirty style of fighting. That's why it exists. It doesn't dark is not the opposite of light, which we've discussed we discussed on the show to death. Um Next. Picky Peck. Uh we have Wannabe Woodpecker, and then we have the Toucan. Yeah, I like yeah the very toucan disappointing. A lot. What? I, I Toucan wanted, is amazing. I wanted to say, hey, it is no Talon Flame, number one. And I just wanted it to be more magical. There was some speculation. It's got a, it's got a, a, a bill that's, that's like practically a rainbow. How, how, how magical do you want your Pokemon to be? There was some it, speculation that the Toucan is actually uh, on its own, like Chadot. 
or Farfetch, and that um, we haven't seen the final evolution for the Woodpecker. Because how do we get two Woodpeckers going into a toucan? Oh, the second how, one. How do we get a... a little pearl in a clamshell turning into a Gorbis? Oh, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there for discussion purposes. I think it's a, I think it's a evolutionary line. They're too similar. Like, okay, like look at the. Their feet are the, the same. The shade, the shades in the bill of the second evolution, and the yeah, the yeah. shiny. Agreed. Third. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, like, I like the toucan a lot. Me too. Uh, we have young goose. Um, what's his name? What's his name? Gumshoes. Gumshoes. Uh, Grubbin. Charge bug. Volti Vika Volt. Yep, we've seen Crabrawler. Crabrawler evolves into uh, snowman crab thing. <laughs> uh, which is uh, there. There is a, a, a um. There is a crab that's that does look like how this evolution of Crabrawler looks. Somebody linked an Alaskan picture. king crab. Mmm, delicious. I don't think it was that. I don't you think that's delicious either. So. That's but fine. that but but it is the the snowman crab is based off of a creature in real life so uh, i think it looks fine i don't love it but it's fine i think it's cool i i it's, it's going to be just like kingler or just like any other you know crab slash fish pokemon and you know people are just going to forget about it it's i'm assuming it's going to keep water fighting because it has giant punching claws it so. wasn't water fighting. Crabrawler was just fighting. Oh, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, does it get water type? Does it get ice type? Maybe it gets ice type. Ice fighting? Is that a thing? There are no current ice fighting types. So that would be my, my guess. Ice fighting. Because it is clearly looking like a snowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the birds. What are they called? Uh, Oracoros? Oracorio, yeah. Uh, their shinies are cool. They're just reverse color schemes. They they work well. We get the Caterpie of the line, Cutie Fly, into. Did they release the name for this? Yeah, they did. Let me look it up. But there's no stage three of this. It's just two, which is which is weird. As he looks that up, we can move on because we already talked about that. It's Rib- It's Ribambi. Also, I I thought it was funny that you described that as the Caterpie of the generation. I would have said that. Um, Grubbin was oh, the Caterpie. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, my fault. I forget that Grubbin is... I, I think the electricity first in the Grubbin line and not the bug first, which is wrong. Mm. Uh, I we, like Cutie Fly and Rabambi a whole bunch. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. They're, they're fairy, fairy bug? Correct. Uh, we have Rockruff into Lycanroc. Lycan... Lyrock, Lycanroc. You had it right the first time. Okay. Um, nothing's no surprises there. We have Wishy Washy into Wishy Washy School form. Uh, we have this new Pokemon line, uh, which is what like a sea urchin. There's no T at the end of that word. All right, all right. <laughs> sea urchin. I, I I guess it's like like that. I don't really know what it's supposed to be, but you're probably right that it's supposed to be some sort of urchin. Yeah, I agree. It's it's super forgettable. Like out of all these Pokemon, this this line might be the most forgettable. I will have an argument about that when we get to the truly most forgettable. Okay. Piece. All right. I guess we, I, I guess the fact that I remember it as being the most forgettable is a kind of a contradiction in and of itself, but we'll get there. Right. And no one's talking about these Pokemon, which is, you know, there's always going to be, I feel like, Tentacruel 
Uh, well, if Tentacool didn't show up as the only water Pokemon in red and blue, it would have probably been the line that was forgotten about. Yeah. The We have... What's this Pokemon's name? Horse thing? I don't remember. Wait, it's Mudbray. Mudbray just, uh, and uh, Clydesdale. Clodsdale. Mudsdale into Mudsdale. Mudsbray into Mudsdale. Okay. And it was supposed to be Clodsdale. Yes. yes. We have these Pokemon. They have really colorful shinies for some reason. Uh, we have more water bug Pokemon? Yeah. Again? Welcome uh, to the actual most forgettable Pokemon. Are these psychic? This are these water? What are these? They're supposed to be like spiders. Thing? Yeah. I don't like think there's anything spiders. water about it. What makes you say water? They're like bubbles. Yeah, like they look like they no. would be water spiders. No, that's like a like a rayunculus bubble. Okay, that's let's wait. Let's, okay, so let's 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 go back here. We think Kraballer's evolution is getting water because it's a crab, right? Or do I we... don't. I don't know. Kraballer itself is just fighting. I don't really know. I mean, your possible speculation is that maybe it turns into ice fighting, but who knows? Okay, and then we go back to the the sea urchin. And are they water? Are they ice? They have uh, to be sea water, right? Are water? Yes. So probably wa water poison. Okay. All right. And then we get to these, and are these psychic? Are these water? Are these bug? I don't even know where the face is. It's those on the inside. You can see like two pointy, like evil looking eyes. They're actually not. The wavy line is the eyes. Yeah, see, you didn't even know. Well, it's in that area. The wavy line are the eyes or? Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Look at it that way. Look at it that way. I don't even know what wavy line you're talking about. When you look at the evolved form. This just makes oh. me feel that there's going to be a lot more water Pokemon, and water is already the most dominant type in the whole series. Like, there are more water Pokemon than anything else, and it feels like they're just adding even more. Because you can never have enough Basculin. That's, you know, you're, you're not wrong. We have... Ne needs more water types. Have we seen... We've seen these two Pokemon. I can't remember their names, though. We've at least seen the evolution, but I think we've seen... Their... Yeah, we've seen uh, Jada de Laurentiis. Yeah, the the two uh, candy stripe Pokemon. We've seen this baby, uh, this baby mushroom. Mushroom. I can't remember its name, uh, which speaks to you know how strong of a design it is. It evolves into a bigger mushroom. Okay, like you fit in the Parasect slash Crustal slash Amoongus Fungus line. I like the mush. I like the mushrooms. I think they're cute. Yeah, it's all right. The uh, grass fairy, right? Yes. I think, yeah. I think the base I one was. I like the evolve form very much. Yeah, me too. Uh, we have uh, Sandlet, Sand, Sandit, Sandit. Yep, evolves into I, I don't know. I think this is one of the cooler designs that hasn't been talked about. It's a big lizard. We got enough of those. I don't care. Is this this is fire poison? Right. Correct. First fire. Your poison. fire poison. Yeah, we have uh, stuff it, stuffin, stuff it. What? Yeah, yeah. I forget what that one is called too. Uh, stuffle. 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 Yeah. Beware. We've seen these. They they look good in, in 3D sprites. They look better than flat. Uh, help me out, Will. What is this evolutionary line? These Bounce Sweet? Sweet, Steeny, and Sarina. All right. So we've seen those. Comf Comfey. The shiny Comfey is really cool. 
Uh, these monkeys don't get evolutions, and I have already forgotten their names. Arega, Arega Psychic, and uh, Melon Baller. We'll call Oranguru, Oranguru, and Passimian. All right. I'm going with Melon Baller. Uh, thing you're not supposed to step on. Another water Pokemon here, right? They're water. Water poison. We've actually we, this one has been announced, right? Yeah. 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 I, did it ever? They ever say it's type? I don't. Is it water? I Let don't look remember. I can't remember its name. What evolves into is uh, it's like the barnacle of this generation. Uh, well, it's Wimpod. Wimpod. Isn't it Wimpod. Yep, Wimpod. Yep, Wimpod is the one we've seen, and it's bug water. Okay. I'm assuming it keeps bug water. Again, more water. Um, it looks cool, though. I think, it, I think it's cool. Yeah, the evolution is... a lot bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah, I agree. It's probably going to turn into something tough. Kind of like a... So this is probably the um, uh, Magikarp. Oh, you think this might be the Magikarp? Yeah, that it's going to turn into something real powerful. Because Wimpod is really scared of things. Like, it chases, exactly. it, like, runs away from everything. Yeah. Uh, we have... Sandly? I can't remember. Sandy Gas. Palosand and Palo Sandy Gas. Palosand and Sandy Gas. Uh, the shiny forms are great. They're based off the, you know, the black sand. Puka Muka, surprisingly, doesn't have an evolution, I guess? This is, I, I think the fact that there's no Puka Muku evolution here is the best evidence for this not being the full Pokedex. Because how could Puka Muku just be this? Well, far <laughs> just be a, yeah. a little ball. Farfetch is, well, Dunsparce, right? What's the point of introducing innards out as an ability and like putting that in marketing material unless the, I mean, unless Yukimuku's base stats are like through the roof. Shuckle? I guess. I guess it kind of is like Shuckle. Um, the thing is, you, you're both wrong because Pukumuku evolves into uh, Type Null. Stop. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. That's the evolutionary line. We have Type Null. We have Silvalli. We have Meteor. Uh, Minior. Minior, sorry. Do I like Minior a lot. Wait, does the Koala not evolve? I just realized this. There you go. That's the other that's the other thing that people are saying that because there's no evolution for Komala, like that seems strange too. So we got Kamala, we have Pertinator. Or or is that what it's called? Komala? Yeah, you're right. Komala. Okay. Pertinator. Uh Roli Poli Vika Oli. Togetamaru or whatever? Yes. Yep. Obviously, no evolution because it's the Pikachu of the generation. It's the Omoga. Pikachu it's evolves. The, well, <laughs> it's the Omoga. It's the uh, Pachirisu. Pachirisu, yes. We have Mimikyu. I didn't think Mimikyu would get an evolution. This makes sense, right? Right. Uh, we have Brushix. Bruxish. Bru Bruxish. Yeah. Uh, again, I didn't think this would have an evolution. This is the Basculin. This is your. Um, you know, 
your standard water, no evolved Pokemon. Grandpa Dragon, Drampa. That's your, uh, Drudigan. Again, I didn't think it'd have an evolution either. I think this Pokemon's really cool. No one talks about it. Uh, it's a, an anchor. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, it's like a, it's an anchor. It's right. something like clinging onto an anchor. I don't know. It's yeah. I don't, well, it's I know. it's an anchor, and then it's the boat wheel at the top. I don't but know. But then what, it also looks like there's some sort of well, there's a compass organic uh, creature like clinging to the front of it. The oh, red or yeah, blue yeah. Part, depending on which if you're looking at the shiny or the. I like it a lot. I'm assuming this is steel something, right? I would have guessed ghost was involved. What if it was ghost steel? Do have we, we had a ghost have steel? That. Oh. slash. Oh yeah, yeah, but that's only one, right? And that's wait, is Klefki ghost steel? No, no, very. Or sorry, steel fairy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think this one's cool. That doesn't know. do a lot for me personally. I don't. I don't know. It's it, the, it's very visually complicated. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, we have the Jangma O line. Jangma yeah. O, uh, Lucari O O, and <laughs> Jangma O, Hakamo O, Kanmo O. There we go. We have Rooster Pokemon. Taku Takumori. Yeah, what's that one called? Uh, it's the the deity one. Um, yeah. Tapu Koko. Tapu Koko. Electric fairy. Papa Jiju, Yep. Yeah. So we knew <laughs> that. So we knew that Papa Jiju was a guardian of one of the four islands. I guess you could have drawn the conclusion that one, it's probably a legendary or a pseudo legendary, and then two, there would be a pseudo slash legendary for all the other islands. So we get that. We get uh, Rapunzel like and an egg. Next, I like this next one. The little one that's in like a little teacup. I love this yeah, one so much. It is pretty cute. We get uh, champion book guy here. Oh, is that what that is? Is, is, yeah, is it a book? It's kind of like a book. Yeah. It looks like he's holding up a book. And then we get... Is he upside down? I don't... No, I don't where think are his so. eyes? He's got his, his nose eyes ring, are right and then his by eyes his nose are to ring. either side. Yeah. Wait, under where the, under the you book. were both talking at the same time? Under the book, he has this nose ring, and then you can see his eye right next to the, the nose. Oh, yeah. Okay. He has a weirdly small face. Yep. Uh, we have... Uh... Light bike rider. <laughs> we have, yeah, something in a clamshell-looking Warnell thing. I think these are all cool. I think they're fine. They, they, I like that they're all, they, they fit a theme like Zapdos, Moltres, and Articuno, right? Yep. I think that's cool. Uh, for the first time ever, we have, well, not the first time ever, but for main story legendary Pokemon, we have pre-evolutions for that. And so far, we- This we've... actually is the only case of- an evolving legendary. If no, that's we have Fion and Manaphy. But 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 Fion doesn't evolve into Manaphy. Fion is hatched by Manaphy when Manaphy is bred. Fion doesn't evolve. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think of other situations. Will you got any? 
Uh-uh. Got nothing. Yeah, so we have a like a little moon and a little sun, and then we have Solgaleo and Lunala. I, Do you I, think they are actually pre-evolved form? They, they evolve into them? No. No, they're probably some alternate form. Probably something. Yeah, there's probably something more complicated, yeah. Uh, and then we have the UBs. We have eight UBs total. We have UB01, UB02, UB03. I want to state that, like, now that we've seen all the UBs, it makes me fairly confident that people trying to relate uh, the cockroach-looking thing back to Lily is, like, kind of out of... Or, no, the... Was it the jellyfish? The jellyfish, yeah. And then the people did the the feminine cockroach thing to the leader of team Ath ether. Yeah. Ether foundation. And then you look at the rest and they don't look like anything like people. Well, yeah, but we didn't have that before. Right. We were working off what we had. <laughs> uh, we have UBA. So we have, we've already seen the first three. Then we have uh Siva virus looking electrical cord thing. It looks pretty cool, I guess. Then we have the We got to I got to go at two. <laughs> we have bigger reuniclus thing. We have Yokai watch Yu-Gi-Oh fan blade ceiling fan. Uh, we have a thing that would eat Snorlax's lunch. Infinite Cave of Death, yes. I think it's safe to say that none of the UBs are that cool. They're all just, nope. like, big scaries. Yup. I think this last one's cool. This, like, shadow creature thing? I don't know. Nah. Sure, I think that's a lot. Uh, and then we have, uh, Deance, and then we have... Magirna. Magirna. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wannabe Deance, we have Magirna. We have Magirna in Pokeball form, and then it's shiny as actually an Ultra Ball, which I think is really cool. And then finally, we have the wannabe cast form, which I think is your Celebi of this generation, or your Mew, or your Victini. I very love it. Ghost type. Yeah, it's yes. very cool. It's probably Ghostfire. It's so cute. Yeah. There's a little smile. So there you go. There are our, you know, impressions of these Pokemon. Uh... We'll probably do this again next episode. Uh, we'll just, you know, kind of unravel some more. But, hard, I mean, we could talk about them, but we don't know much. But there you go. There's our thoughts. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk some more about this if, you, if you've seen it or if you haven't. And we'll get real names and stuff, obviously, soon enough. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, Will. And, uh, yeah, we already ended the show. So uh, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.